and Remar nurses, welcome to Winning Wednesdays. This is the best part of the middle of the week because we get to come together and we get to study amazing topics. So if you are taking the NCLEX, do you have to take the NCLEX? If you do, you're in the right place. My name is Professor Regina, and it is a pleasure to be here with you on this Winning Wednesday. Hello, everybody. We are talking about chronic kidney disease chronic kidney disease. Of course, you can find this as well in your quick facts. This is one of the topics that is, that is in quick facts. Give me the page. Give me the page if you know where I'm going in this book. Um, but you know what? Besides that, besides that, what I want to say is that with with when you're taking the NCLEX, when you're taking the NCLEX, you have to be able to quickly make connections from one disease to another because typically a disease does not come alone. There are some symptoms and side effects that will cause other conditions. So I'm glad that you're here today. Um, did you guys give me the page 25? I'm glad that you're here today because chronic kidney disease in quick facts is here. It's here. Thank you, page 25. Chronic kidney disease um, the content that we have here is going to help you get to the other things that come along with chronic kidney disease. So I'm going to start with my clipboard because I've been loving this clipboard. I love this clipboard. It helps us so much, but let's get into it, okay? Chronic kidney disease. Now, when a patient has chronic kidney disease, I know that they're going to come in with other problems such as bone problems. They're gonna have bone density problems. So I wanna take you from, how do we get to chronic kidney disease to your patient having osteodystrophy or osteoporosis? That's a quick test, do you know that? Do you know why chronic kidney disease can cause osteoporosis? That's a quick challenge. Just put yes or no in the comments. Either you don't know it or you do know it, but guess what? You're gonna learn it today. You're gonna learn it today. Chronic renal failure. Yeah, chronic renal failure. I'm sorry, guys. I honestly, if I'm being honest with you guys, I have the flu. Uh, Mark has the flu too, but we still wanted to show up and spend time with you. So chronic renal failure is what this should say. Um, <laughs> just please bear with me today. All right. So chronic kidney disease, this is a broad spectrum that means many things like, right, there, there are certain things that are happening in regards to um, the kidney function. So we know the glomerular filtration rate in chronic kidney disease. Is this going to be up or down? Should I draw my arrow going up or down for this? What do you guys say? I should be drawing an arrow going down because with chronic kidney disease or chronic renal failure, you are going to have a decrease in your capacity, right, to filter out urine. Now, I didn't, I didn't even um, mention this earlier, but what what is the main what is the main artery that is supplying the kidneys? What is the main artery? I like to think about that. I like to think about the innervation for this, um, this condition. What artery is going to be the most important here? It's not very difficult. What, what do you guys say? Ah, uh, 
So I'm not putting it down. I think the, they have here, the normal GFR can be from 90 to 120, right? 90 to 120. So we're going to see a decrease um, in the GFR from this number. Good job. The renal artery. Yes, the renal artery. Okay. And remember, we're trying to get from chronic kidney disease to osteoporosis. All right. So how are we going to get there? Well, let's talk about this. What are some causes that will result in this condition? Give me a cardiac cause and give me an endocrine cause. Oh, because like I said, typically this is a very broad term. So when a patient has this, they're usually coming in with other conditions. I love it. So I see my cardiac cause here. What is my endocrine cause? Hypertension. Yes, hypertension. The constriction that happens with the vessels here are going to cause the innervation to go down to this organ. It's going to cause issues. And yep, those were the two that I was looking for. Diabetes, mellitus. And let's put type two. Excellent. So we are making our way down. Infection can cause it too. I would say infection too. But if I was just saying, give me a cardiac and give me an endocrine, these are going to be my two major players. Now, the kidneys secrete hormones. Did you know that? The kidneys secrete hormones. There's actually three hormones that the kidneys secrete. And when you have a chronic renal failure or chronic kidney disease, you are going to have changes in the body based off of the hormones that are not being secreted properly. So I gave you one of them, erythropoietin. Now, erythropoietin is important because it is responsible for the production of what? Very, very important. Erythropoietin. If our patient has chronic kidney disease, guess what they're also probably going to have? Okay. Um... Yes. So erythropoietin is responsible for your red blood cells. Many of you knew that, right? So if the kidneys are not pumping out erythropoietin, then your patient with chronic kidney disease is going to have what? When we have a decrease in red blood cells, what do we call that? We call that anemia. Yeah, anemia. Exactly. Exactly. Now, what is another hormone? This one starts with the R. Let me do this one. I gave you a clue. What other hormone? And, and listen, this is content. So these things should be coming off of the top of your head. All right. Ah, Renan. Yay. Good job. Good job. So the kidneys also release renin, which helps to control the blood pressure. Good job. You guys were like, I don't know. Is it renin? Is it renin? Yes, the renin. So that's going to give us blood pressure control. So patients with chronic kidney disease, they have issues controlling their blood pressure sometimes too. And then the last one, you guys had it, I see here. Um, yes, let me see it back. Did you get it? Okay. The last one is this and it is for vitamin C and D. Okay. Calcitarol. All right. The kidneys are also very, uh, very responsible for allowing the intestines to absorb vitamin C, um, active vitamin D, which is going to help your bones to be stronger. So because the kidneys, all right, you gotta remember this, patients with chronic kidney disease can also have osteoporosis. So 
many conditions that can happen. Did you learn something new? Okay, did you learn something new? I hope you did. This is why I chose this topic and this is why I wanted to present it this way, okay? Because guess what? We are all still learning. If you knew everything, then you wouldn't be a student and we're always gonna be students in life. So get, let's go, let's, let's be, let's, I don't want you guys to be too hard on yourself. So with chronic kidney disease, just a reminder, just a reminder, the potassium in the blood is going to go up. This is why dialysis is so important because the potassium levels can be high in our patients. And then if the potassium level is high, what organ is gonna to start to get affected? You know it, it is going to be your heart, yes. Now, because the calcitrol can be low, we're gonna have a low calcium level and a low vitamin D level for these patients, all right? So what a great understanding we now have of how chronic renal failure, chronic kidney disease can affect other parts of the body. And this is what you have to be prepared to do if you're going to be a safe nurse, all right? If you're gonna be a safe nurse, you have to be able to make these connections. And the way that you do that is by showing up to class. So congratulations, the hardest part of showing up, you've already done chronic, kidney or chronic renal failure. We talked about this when it is a broad level, okay, a broad level that is going to have a decrease in kidney function. And there are many different qualifiers. You could have mild, moderate, or even severe chronic renal failure. It is most common in the elderly population and affects people ages 70 to up. So if you don't have issues with your kidneys, consider yourself blessed. Chronic renal failure, because it affects the potassium level, hormones, blood pressure, it increases a patient's risk of cardiovascular and in-stage renal disease. Oh, um, the pathophysiology, just very quickly, the nephrons are our functional unit of the kidneys, and we know that a normal kidney has approximately a million nephrons, a million nephrons. And these nephrons are what contribute to the total glomerular filtration rate. And in general, when we talk about the nephrons, you really don't see the, uh, the, the GFR affected until the nephrons are almost at 50% capacity. So the kidneys are a very effective organ and they will literally work, work, work so hard for the urine to remain uh, filtered accurately. Now here I have that when a patient, and I guess we can go back to just talking about pathophysiology here, we use creatinine as the qualifier for general kidney function. Why do we use creatinine? Why do we use creatinine as opposed to potassium or uh, magnesium or, or anything else? Why is creatinine the best indicator of kidney function? Does anybody know? Does anybody know? Very simple, it's a very simple concept. Where does creatinine come from? Creatinine comes from what being broken down? Is creatinine from the blood being broken down? Is creatinine from an organ being broken down? What does creatinine come from? 
Creatinine comes from muscle breakdown. Okay. So when the muscles are stretching and growing, they naturally, good job, the muscles, they naturally are going to release creatinine. That's fine. We're expecting everybody to have creatinine in their body. Okay. We're expecting that. But when that creatinine is in the body, whose job is it to get rid of it? Because creatinine is essentially, it's like a poison. It's like a, it's a byproduct of muscle breakdown. So it's not something that you want free flowing in your body. It's the kidney's job. And so when a patient has high amounts of creatinine in their bloodstream, we know that the kidneys are not functioning properly. So you see that connection? That is how it is, right? So I like that. Good job, good comment. If it's high in the blood, then the kidneys are not working right. Good, safe nurses. I see y'all tonight in the house. We are learning. All right. And so these are other factors as well that can create this chronic kidney disease. We have hypertension. So if you're a patient or your patient has hypertension, that is going to affect the circulation that goes to the renal arteries. Okay. Patients who also take NSAIDs. Patients that are taking uh, over-the-counter pain medications for rheumatoid arthritis or pain or a leave or anything like that, it puts you at risk for having kidney problems because these are uh, nephrotoxic agents. Dehydration, shock, causes decreased perfusion. Protein urea means protein in the urine. High cholesterol, high phosphate levels, smoking diabetes mellitus that is uncontrolled. These will all affect our kidneys. Other causes, we said it earlier, type one or type two diabetes. And so you can see how chronic kidney disease can be this broad condition because all of these things will contribute to chronic kidney disease or chronic renal failure. Um, glomerular nephritis, polycystic kidney disease, or in another inherited kidney disease, prolonged obstruction of the urinary tract, recurrent kidney infection, also called pyelonephritis. Yes. Uh-huh. Very important. Smoking can cause many things, but it can also cause a decrease in your kidneys because smoking does what to the vessels? The vessels like to be wide so that blood can flow through them, all right? But when you smoke, it creates vasal what? Vasoconstriction. And so with vasoconstriction, organs, tissues, muscles are not able to get what they need to do their job. And so when the organ can't get what it needs to do their job, it starts to decrease its function. Great, great, great. Yes, great. And so um, the, the stages of renal failure can be anywhere from stage one to stage five. I don't need you guys to remember the different symptoms and the stages. I just want you to know general things. So if you can see here from stages one to three, typically people don't even know that they have renal failure. They're not familiar with renal failure as an issue to them until it gets to the later stages. And this is where you start having fluid, okay, fluid issues, electrolyte imbalances. Patients become here, look at the other symptoms, weakness and fatigue. Are you feeling tired? 
Do you have sleeping problems? Are you urinating more or less? A little bit foggy in your mind, okay? Muscle cramp, swelling of the feet and ankles, peripheral edema. Is your skin getting dry and itchy because it's full of toxins? When the kidneys are not filtering out your skin, then it begins to store toxins in, in your skin tissues, all right? Um, uncontrolled high blood pressure, shortness of breath as that fluid builds up in your respiratory system, and chest pain, chest pain. Okay, did that one, sorry, let me go forward. And so how do we diagnose chronic renal failure? What we need to do is a physical examination, complete blood count, BMP, and all of these things are helping us to rule out other conditions. Urinalysis, we are looking at the albumin level and the lipid profile. The imaging studies are the ultrasound, the pilography, the CT scan, the MRI, the radionuclide scanning, and you can do a renal biopsy. So for the purposes of NCLEX, I want you guys to know the terms. So if I say um, a pilography and you're not familiar with that, what you need to do is write it down and look it up. So you at least know what it is, okay? You at least know what it is. A renal biopsy, what is that? What does a biopsy mean, okay? Is that removing a tumor? What is a biopsy, right? So when we're reviewing this information, keep it very high level, but make sure that you have understanding of everything that you're shown, everything that you're shown. And so the treatment, how do you treat renal failure chronically or even acutely? You have to, you have to treat what is causing it. Treat the underlying condition, all right? Keep the patient's blood pressure under control. You have to avoid things that are going to put more pressure on the liver in terms of it being a nephrotoxic agent. So IV contrast, NSAIDs, aminoglycosides, all right? Those are all, we know those are all nephrotoxic. And then um, the medications that we can give are the renin-angiotensin system blockers, the angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors, and then the angiotensin receptor blockers. And I know you guys are like, oh my goodness, what are those long names? If you look in the back of Quick Facts, you will get the ones that you need to know for your NCLEX exam. And um, so these are used um, in patients who have the proteinuria or the diabetic um, kidney disease as well. Your nursing priorities here, before we do some questions about the condition we're studying tonight, what are your nursing priorities? Of course, we need to manage fluid and electrolyte imbalance. Blood pressure control, that's that's you, that's you, all right? Monitoring and treatment of the renal function, we have to do that. We're gonna be looking at the creatinine and the BUN. Giving medications, the education that is involved, doing assessments of complications, self-care and education, lifestyle changes, and looking at the evaluation and management of comorbidities, other issues that the patient could be having along with their 
renal failure. All right. And that is our responsibility as the nurses. So here, remember, very, very, keep it simple, guys. Keep it simple. Refer back to your quick facts book in the V2. You guys know in the V2 as well, you will look at more conditions that are going to help you to rule out whether it's the diabetes mellitus, a chronic renal failure, or um, hypertension, right? You got to know, you have to be able to distinguish multiple conditions and able to pass NCLEX. And the way you do that is definitely your content. So let's get into it. Our first question is this. Here we go. We're going to warm you up. The client with stage four chronic renal failure was brought to the emergency room with reports of shortness of breath and difficulty breathing when lying down. And coarse crackle sound was noted upon auscultation. What condition is indicated in these findings? Ah, number one, insomnia. Two, hyperkalemia. Three, pulmonary edema. Four, anemia. Okay. What does this sound like? What does this sound like? All right. So happy that you're in class on tonight. Almost a thousand nurses share this video because I'm just warming you up. These questions are going to get harder tonight. I'm looking for the safe nurse. The first step is being able to identify complications. And so if you picked pulmonary edema, congratulations, you got it right. That was a long scenario, but you were able to see that when you talk about pulmonary edema, it is involving accumulation of fluid in the air spaces of the lungs. And so the clinical features of pulmonary edema, this is where content comes in, shortness of breath, difficulty breathing when lying down, coarse crackles or wheezings, sound of breathing. And then um, these are things that are going to be noted for you. Hey, if you have to take the NCLEX, listen. Oh, let me go here. If you have to take the NCLEX, there are certain conditions that you need to be very familiar with. I will talk about pulmonary edema a lot. All right. So if you are wanting to learn about those conditions like pulmonary edema, here's the other ones I wanted to show you. Um, I also go over the respiratory ones. Okay. So blood gas interpretation, make sure you know that. I also go over chest tubes, managing chest tubes in the V2, one of my most important videos because you can get chest tubes no matter what floor you're on. Congestive heart failure is another one that you have to know as well. So the major respiratory complications, guys, get in the V2. Let's go to our next question. It is this. Okay. A nurse is caring for an unstable patient with chronic kidney disease. The patient presents with severe shortness of breath, a blood pressure of 190 over 100, and crackles on lung auscultation. The nurse suspects fluid overload. What is the priority? Number one, administer the prescribed antihypertensive. Two, Initiate hemodialysis per doctor's order. Three, administer a bronchodilator to relieve shortness of breath. Four, administer an intravenous dose of a calcium 
channel blocker. This is a tough one. Okay. This is one of um, probably the, the most challenging questions that you will get this week. High level priority right here. High level priority. <laughs> Safe nurses are going to show up and shine through tonight. Chronic kidney disease can seem like a very simple subject, but when I put you in a prioritization situation, you will see where the challenges come up. The correct answer for tonight, some of you might want to write this down, is going to be number two, initiate hemodialysis per doctor's order. Let's look at this scenario again because everything you need to know is in the question stem. We see here that we have a patient. All right, follow me, guys. This is very important, okay? We have an unstable patient with what? They have chronic kidney disease. So we know that their kidneys are not going to be performing at an optimal level. All right. Now, what is happening with this patient? And this is what I need you guys to check because prior to this question, you were able to identify what was happening with the patient. But for here, you weren't able to identify it. The patient presents with what? Shortness of breath, a blood pressure of 190 over 100, crackles on lung auscultation. The nurse suspects fluid overload. So they're giving you the condition right here. You don't even have to guess what it is. The condition is fluid overload. So my mind, I have to ask you guys, why did you guys pick number three, administering a bronchodilator to relieve shortness of breath? A lot of people pick that. All right, or they saw the number 190 over 100 and they went with one. Correct answer is two, because what is the problem? The problem is indeed fluid overload. And so the number one, the antihypertensive is not gonna work, okay? Three, administering the bronchodilator is not gonna work. Four, the calcium channel blocker is not gonna work because the blood pressure is not the problem, but the blood pressure sticks out because we're used to learning in nursing school to look for the abnormals. And we typically learn numbers first. And so we're just trained naturally. We're just trained naturally to look at big numbers and react to the numbers. And yes, this is a situation where airway, breathing, circulation don't apply. Okay, so ABCs are not working here because is the pro is the patient having an airway problem? This is not an airway question. What kind of question is this? Is this airway, breathing, or circulation? This is a circulation question. And so we have to treat the inappropriate circulation. All right. Hey, listen, if you guys are just joining me and you have questions after question, listen, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna direct y'all to my main thing, okay? This is the course. Do the do the VT and the V2 and come back. All right. All right. Here we go. So the correct answer. And let me just read you the rationale. Hemodialysis is the most effective method for removing excess fluid and waste products from the body in patients with chronic kidney disease. Okay. 
And so it's going to rapidly, that hemodialysis is going to rapidly reduce the fluid volume. And then when that happens, then that blood pressure will go down, the shortness of breath will go away, and the crackles will go away. And so this was the one treatment that is going to take care of everything. All right, you guys got this. Thank you so much for coming to class today. Here we go. A nurse is working. A nurse is working on a medical surgical unit and needs to prioritize care for four unstable patients. Which patient should the nurse assess first? Number one, a patient with chronic kidney disease who just returned from a renal biopsy. Two, a patient with newly diagnosed diabetes mellitus and a blood glucose of 50. Three, a patient with a recent MI reporting chest pain, eight out of 10. Four, a patient admitted with pneumonia who has a temperature of 101.5 and an O2 saturation of 88% despite oxygen therapy. Woo! <laughs> who you say? I'm hitting you guys with the hard priority because you're taking NCLEX, right? You're taking the NCLEX exam. That is not a test that is going to roll over and just give you easy question after easy question, right? So you have to be prepared for this. <laughs> and even though I'm not feeling well, I'm still coming at you guys hard on this Winning Wednesday because I need y'all to win. And this is something that we have been talking about for so long about these priority questions. And if you've been with me, studying with me, this was an easy question for you. The correct answer is always going to be number three, the patient with a recent MI reporting chest pain. Why? You might be saying, why, Professor Regina? Why? Because this is the patient who has the biggest risk of an airway complication. Because guess what? If this patient has a heart attack and they go into cardiac arrest, there will be no oxygen, period, flowing through their body. All right. And so chest pain is considered, chest pain is considered a medical emergency. A heart attack trumps, okay, despite what you heard, despite what they taught you in nursing school. All right, because a lot of people, let me go back to the choices. You saw this, you saw number four and you said the patient has pneumonia and the patient has an oxygenation status of 88%. But guess what? 88% is always gonna be better than cardiac arrest any day. I'll take 88%, right? Because at least I know I have some oxygenation, okay? But if the heart stops, my tissues have seconds, okay? Seconds, seconds. Somebody says, what about the patient who just returned from a biopsy? It's the same thing, all right? This patient just had a procedure. They just got back from surgery, okay? So is this patient unstable? Yes, but we already knew everybody's unstable. Everybody's unstable. So with NCLEX, everybody needs to be seen. Okay, but we have to go with who is the most critical of the group. Are you guys with me? Are you guys with me on this tonight? Are you with me? Let me let me let me keep going. Um, let me keep going here. And it's okay. Uh, and I, I love the honesty. Somebody's like, I'm not with you at all. I know it's a process. 
It's a process. And some of the most difficult parts about preparing for NCLEX is unlearning some things, all right, or um, not doing what you see on your job, right? Because with NCLEX, the clinical judgment measurement, I don't know, I, I don't know if I'm giving it to you guys like I need to be, but um, just follow me, never lose me. All right, here we go. Here's the next question. Question number four. Ah, let's do this one. A nurse is working on a busy medical surgical unit and must prioritize care for another four unstable patients. Which patient should the nurse attend to first? Number one. on anticoagulation with an after hip replacement surgery who suddenly developed shortness of breath and a rapid heart rate. Three, 45-year-old admitted for a diabetic foot ulcer with a blood glucose of 400. Or four, a patient with a chronic kidney disease who has a metallic taste in the mouth and has a four-pound weight gain in over 24 hours. What say if you, who is, <laughs> this was a little bit different, huh? Who is our most important patient? They're all unstable, but check the most important one. Hey, correct answer is going to be number two. Congratulations if you got this one right. This one was tricky too, for real, for real. But the post-operative patient after hip replacement surgery now, this patient, we know they had hip replacement surgery, but why do they now have shortness of breath and a rapid heart rate? What's going on with this patient? What are we thinking? And <laughs> what are we thinking? Because we got to get there. We got to be able to anticipate those emergencies. You got it. If you're thinking a PE, a pulmonary embolism, I'm thinking that too. So this is going to be our priority patient. All right. Okay, guys, listen, I'm going to do one more. Okay, I'm just going to do one more. Um, let's get, let's go right into it. Let's go right into it. Question number five is this. Ah, the nurse provides community health teaching about the prevention of chronic renal problems. Which of the following preventive measures should the nurse include in the discussion? Select three that apply. Okay, select three that apply. Number one, stop taking antihypertensive medication because it has bad effects to the kidneys. Two, maintain a normal blood glucose level. Three, ask for the doctor's advice before taking any pain medication. Four, chronic renal failure only affects elderly people. Five, kidney stones require immediate treatment, which are we going to say we need to include in that teaching? You got to pick three that apply. But I'm thinking the heavens for partial credit for you guys for the NCLEX. It's going to be so helpful. Correct answers are two, three, and then five. Two, three. And then five, 
Antihypertensive medications, you have to take those. We should not tell our patients to stop taking them, especially if they've been on them, because the goal is to lower the blood pressure, and then that reduces the risk of chronic renal failure. And also keeping the blood sugar normal. This is going to help. This was a challenging question because it required a lot of reading, but it seems like the majority of you guys got it right. Also, not taking uh, pain medication, especially anti-inflammatories without the doctor's advice is going to be helpful because it will help you to avoid kidney damage. Hey, good job today. Chronic kidney disease. Make sure you go back and study that because this is a complicated subject and your patient can present with all different types of symptoms. Were you a safe nurse tonight? A safe nurse actually was about a four out of five because we had two high level priority questions. So I hope you guys aren't, uh, aren't upset with me about that. And trust me, if you have heard always airway breathing circulation, I'm gonna challenge that way of thinking because there are some instances where airway is not the priority. Yes, I said it. I said it. Airway is not always the priority. And so we're going to figure out what are some ways that uh, airway is not always the priority here. Thank you so much for coming to Winning Wednesday. Hey, if you are taking NCLEX, wouldn't it be nice to be prepared for it and know how to answer every single question that was coming up? Well, let me tell you, there is a way by joining the Remar Nurse family. Every Monday at noon, I go live for Monday Motivation. And every Wednesday, you can find me right here. And I know that this is such a blessing to our community because guess what? There's over a thousand people. So let's take it to the next level. All of my real Remar nurses go to remarnurse.com and get into the NCLEX V2. Okay, get into the, you are the bomb. Thank you so much. Um, get into the NCLEX V2. This is where you will meet me for my full NCLEX review. We're going to go through all these amazing topics. And look, guys, it is not a long program at all. Literally, if you have the study calendar, there is 20 study sessions in this calendar. So you will watch my videos and then you will read and you will answer and you will have it straight, all right? You will be ready for your review. And then also you are going to make sure that you know the content. So if you're an audio visual learner, you probably need more than just quick facts, okay? You probably need more than just quick facts. And so <laughs> I like that. You guys already know, you want me to close it out. <laughs> um, you, you probably need more than just a quick box, honestly, if you're an audio visual learner. It, it will definitely help when you have those videos to explain it to you. This is our month to rock. Yes, it is. And every time that you show up to one of the live classes, trust me, it is going to help you with the things that you're learning in V2. And remember, these videos are not the program. These videos are to help you get into the program and get that information that is in there. So I want to see you guys. Um, being successful and have your nursing license because at the end of the day, everything that we're doing is so that you are able to start your nursing career, okay? Now, I am praying for you guys. Thank you so much for watching. Somebody's like, go, I'm gonna go, all right? I'm gonna go and rest. But listen, tonight was an example that even when you're not feeling your very best, you can still show up for yourself, 
All right. You can still do something. You can still do something. So I appreciate you guys spending time with me. And as always, you can, you will, and you must, you must, you must, you must pass NCLEX. See you guys later. Bye-bye.